The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. Episode 10 of Rip and Rock. We are finally at double digits. Didn't think we'd make it this far. Nope. But here we are. This is episode 10. We got a lot to talk about. The first half, the MLB season is officially in the books. The All-Star break, it begins. And the O's are in prime position for a big second half push. We could be seeing some playoff baseball at Camden Yards. Obviously, want to knock on wood. But that atmosphere will be electric if it does happen. Here's the rundown. The O's sweep the Twins, and they are now winners of five straight games. We'll take a look at the AL East, share our first half thoughts. Ryan Mountcastle back in the lineup. Well, back on the field for the first time since June 8th. He was dealing with vertigo. Where does he fit in with this ball club going forward? The former first-round pick. Adley Rutschman in the Home Run Derby. We're talking all-star game festivities. Jackson Holiday reportedly getting the call to double-A. That's somewhere he saw himself being at the end of the year, Rip. So that's big for him. And another guy you talked to, Kobe Mayo, he's getting the call to triple-A. So the Orioles' top prospects are just moving up the ranks. Holiday, that rise is just meteoric. You're drinking out of the Rip and Rock Yeti right now. You're darn right I am because I need this coffee. To get through this episode with you, do you want? <laughs> That's just rude. I that was that was foul of me. I, yes, it's it was. usually Rocco doing that, and that you know what? I just can't stoop to that level. I apologize. But do you want me to take was the that rest? A, was that a short joke? It can be. I don't like that. Well, it wasn't meant to be, but it might be one now. But well, you know what? You know I would what? gladly yeah, finish, take the finish rundown. It off. Come on, you did a great job for the beginning. You took a lot of pressure off me, Thanks. but uh, don't gas me up. We, we got. Rips tips and essentially, well, we're not going to give it all away, but responding when things look tough. And I think that's something I'll leave that as a cliffhanger, but a lot to talk about that can talk about as far as we see with our favorite sports teams and as well as in your own personal life. And then we're getting in the rip and rock mailbag. Yeah, you did that without telling me, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I thought I tagged you. Clearly, I didn't. But I'm like, you know what? We're rolling with it because <laughs> the people have some questions, Rock. The people do indeed have some questions. And and we want to answer them, so that will be wrapping up this episode. So stay tuned, so you can hear your question be answered. And then we're going to talk about the second half. Essentially, can this Orioles team sustain sustain success? There it's it very is. tongue twister. Sustain success sustain. going S- forward. Success. It's tough. <laughs> it is very tough. Can, can sustain they, success. Sustain can they do success. really well sustain in the second success. half? How about that? Can this team continue yeah. to play? I like that. Pattern. Really high quality baseball. And what would they possibly need? We're just going to 
We don't like to play the hypothetical, but we might play a tiny bit of the hypothetical game. We'll, we'll tease this, but we might have to talk about it on next week's episode. We only really have like maybe an hour to talk about all this stuff. If the Orioles end up picking, because we're recording this while the first round of the draft is going on. So if they end up picking at 17, we'll touch on our thoughts on who they end up taking. We have no clue yet. So that might happen. That might not happen. If it doesn't happen, we'll definitely talk about it next week. Um, who that may be. We have no clue. Could be a pitcher, could be a position player. Michael Elias is, is just, he's just cooking one up though right now. So that's how it's going. And clearly it's done well. And actually you were wondering about the Maryland product. This just in, Matt Shaw. Matt Shaw. 13th overall the to Terp. the Chicago Cubs. That's big. That's big. So we're going to have kind of reactions like that. So if the pod's got to get, we we shift gears a hair. It's mainly just going to be because we're going to be talking about right now what's going on with this Orioles team because trying to give it to you up to the wire as best as possible. But shout out to Matt Shaw, a big moment for him. Yeah, and his that's family. big for for the for the former Terp. So hats off to him and everyone getting drafted because that's huge stuff. All right, let's jump into this rip. The Baltimore Orioles are fifty four and thirty five overall. They are two games back of the Tampa Bay Rays for first place of the AL East. And they just won their fifth straight game. They swept the they swept the Twins. They go to the Bronx. They split the series with the Yankees. That little four gamer right there. They go right to Minnesota. 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 And they sweep the Twins. Huge for the ball club going forward. They don't need a reset at the second half. There are teams like the Rays that have lost. You know they've gone three and seven over the span of their last ten. They were on a seven game losing streak. They need a reset right now because they were the hottest team in baseball in the first half of the season. Not the case anymore. They've kind of teetered off a bit. The O's, they're a team that doesn't necessarily need this reset, but they absolutely hit the cover off the ball in this series finale against the Minnesota Twins. Six home runs. Anthony Santander had two of them. They almost hit for the home run cycle. Austin Hayes starts it off. He hits a solo home run. Ramon, Ramon Arias comes out. He hits a two-run home run. Then I think it was Adley after that with a solo shot. Then Aaron Hicks with a three-run. I could be out of order it's here. It's so hard to keep up then with Santander. Home runs. It's so many And then home Santander runs. again. Yeah. yeah. I mean. So it was a lot of home runs. Like that box score was a mess because of how many home runs the team hit. They end up winning 15-2. to two. That's tied for their largest margin of victory this season. And they tied. The score they put up against the Yankees, like with that, they, they beat a team by, by 13. They did that against the Yanks as well. So this team is playing its best baseball right now as, this, as the first half of the season comes to a close. And that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. There's so many great things to be happy about right now. Honestly, to me, if we're going to look back. The most pivotal game of this road trip was game three in New York. That right there was the decisive game for so many different reasons, because the Yankees were right on the O's heels. The Yankees take three or four in that series. Things are feeling a little bit different, and it's getting a little bit tighter between Baltimore and New York. But Dean Kramer in that game, in game three, unbelievable effort. Seven innings, four hits, one earned run, 10 punchies. And the Orioles have, a, have another comeback win, Rock. So to me right there, you get that, and then you have that eruption where everybody was on the hit parade for that game, and then you just carry that into Minnesota, and you're leaving the Twins 
feeling like you want to keep playing. Like, I don't want to stop. I don't want anything to keep. I don't want this break to happen because they have that confidence back. And actually, you know the crazy thing, Rock? Do you know where I'm going to go with this? Probably not because I didn't tell you. The Orioles have a better road record than they do home record. And that's something that to me is so shocking. You know, the only other team that has a record like that, that has a better road record than home record? Well, can you give me like two They're, seconds? I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. It's, they, it's they the Atlanta Braves. Boom. 30 and 14 away, 30 and 15 at home. So here's the point, ladies and gentlemen. What the Orioles are doing, to me, that game three changed the entire landscape. They got hot. But what they're doing also is not just like it's fluky. It's elite what they're doing. And they're finding more ways to win. And, and honestly, the Aaron Hicks revenge tour, it's a real thing. You guys better buckle up and get on it because he's got the, you got to face the Yankees again. You And for sure, you know he's going to do some damage. That big three-run home run today. The O's, the vibes, I think I saw a tweet out earlier. Maybe it was Nathan Ruiz. The vibes are immaculate. I could be wrong on that. But whoever did it, props to you because it's a thousand percent right. The vibes are immaculate with Birdland because they feel that they are right where they are supposed to be. I think we may have some breaking news right now on the podcast. Joe Doyle. I got to make sure he's a senior analyst. And he's got the blue check mark. He tweets out that the Baltimore Orioles are selecting outfielder Enrique Bradfield Jr. At 17 overall. Now, I am not seeing that anywhere else yet. But if so, that's one of college baseball's biggest names. He's not Cruz. He's not Skeens. But like that is one of college baseball's biggest names. So. As soon as we get that fully confirmed... Yes. Because I'm looking at that myself here, and this is kind of the beauty of us just trying to figure out what's going on with this episode because the Orioles are right there. It is their pick. So I think he might be on to something here. And this is kind of the beauty of it, and we can get into this more, but the draft, so many opportunities for these young players, and they deserve every right to go in the first round is an honor, a privilege. Clearly, a lot of teams believe in your talent. But for everyone in the draft, whether you go in the first round, you're the last pick of the draft. You don't get drafted. Whatever it is, the journey's just beginning. You know, and and it's no guarantee that you're going to have that success at the next level. You hope for that high of an investment, but now the work is just beginning. If it is him, three seasons at Vanderbilt, he hit 311 with 15 home runs, 108 RBIs, 131 walks, 31 doubles. And let's see, he's 6'1", 170, bats left, throws left, Florida native, went to American Heritage, which is, which is a big school down there in Florida. They produce a lot of athletes in, in every sport. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case, the O's got a good one. Do they need outfield right now? Not necessarily, but Mike Elias has done a fantastic job since he has taken over and since he has started drafting players for the rebuild and post-rebuild. So I'm a guy that's trusting Mike Elias right now until he gives you a reason to lose that trust, get rid of that trust. And 
he hasn't right now. So he's he's doing a really good job putting this club together. And I mean, if that's the case, if they went outfield, maybe he's got a plan for him in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think that the other part of it, people were wondering because of all the bats that the organization has developed. And it, there are some studs in the organization. You're seeing it, and you hope that every single one pay, uh, pans out because that just makes your whole organization better. Confirmed? Not confirmed yet. Not so we can maybe we got got, but who knows? Well, it's about to be on the clock, but I think it leads to a quick discussion, though, Rock, and then we can go back into um, moving into uh, with stuff with Ryan Mountcastle and where the team's moving forward. But the Orioles, whether they say they pay, take pitching or not, they're really trying to take who they think is really kind of probably their best on their board. They're very specific on what they look for in players. And to add an, an extra elite bat is something that they think that's the best player on their board they're going to take. And people are wondering, well, what, what at some point, and some, that was a mailbag question, you build up enough talent, you're going to have so many assets to do a lot of different things. And I think people need to keep that in mind. You don't want to reach for someone just because you think that that's a pitcher that could go at that point. You want to take someone that you, the analytics is telling you and your scouting department's telling you that they are the right person. Confirmed. Well, there it is. Confirmed. They just took Enrique Bradfield. Very well, fast as well. So, so there you go. So the point is right there. The Orioles, in my mind, were looking at value. And they thought that that pick at 17 is the value for them to have. And they're going to worry about all pitching stuff later. And you can look at teams. and we, You can go across any landscape, not even baseball, but football, same thing. Like I think that's the biggest one for at least Baltimore fans. Ravens, we talk about always the Ravens philosophy is always taking best available. There is something about making sure you trust your scouting department and then everything else will play out. I do believe this is a case where everything's going to play out. And I'll tell you this, man. If you look at the teams that are at the, the top of the top in college baseball, the majority of those teams are from the Southeastern Conference, from the SEC. You look at your Floridas, your LSUs, your Vanderbilts. These are the top programs, the, the Blue Bloods, you would call, in college baseball. And if you're taking a kid from one of these programs, you're getting someone who's already developed or on his way to being developed as a potential future first-rounder or professional baseball player. So they're getting... A kid who has been coached well, who has played very well, played at the highest level, who's fast, who can clearly hit, maybe not necessarily for power, but mm-hmm. they they don't really need that right now. You just saw what they did today. Like. Well, the thing is, this is years down the road, right? So you hope that he's in Baltimore in the next, if, if it's on the fast track, year or two, but it could be longer than that. But for what he's able to bring to the table... We don't know what they're going to do with him because the outfielders and the prospects they have right now, that outfield is already loaded. They could use him as a trade piece going forward. We, we don't know what is going to happen. That's so far ahead now, unless he has like a, a Jackson holiday, just like meteoric rise throughout the, the minor leagues. We don't know where Bradfield's going to be at the end of this upcoming season, going into next season, what he's going to produce, what the deal is. So, I mean... We're just talking about this now. This is, this is raw, like finding out who they just took. So hopefully it works out going forward well, for sure. And I will say college players, though, they are going to try to push a little bit quicker. Like we're seeing the rise of some of these young players like a Jackson Holiday, like a Kobe Mayo, both high school players. When you're looking at college guys, they are going to try to push because they think uh, physically and mentally they're a little bit more advanced. 
So with that being said, we're going to see what happens. A lot can happen, but who knows? I mean, maybe Bradfield is drafted because the Orioles are thinking about who they can move on from. But honestly, on that big league team, because we're going back to them now, I mean, if I'm that Orioles lineup, I don't want to change anything with what they have going because they are so deep right now. And I don't think that we'll, we'll dive into more about for the second half, yeah. but this Orioles lineup of what they're doing, and now we're transitioning. They just get Ryan Mountcastle back. And I know for you, Do there we, are some questions. Yeah, there are some questions. With the way Ryan O'Hearn has been hitting the ball and just what he brings to the team. They, they went out and got him. Mike Elias has been phenomenal with the offseason trades and signings and bringing guys in that are getting a new, fresh start. Ryan O'Hearn has been one of the best hitters on this ball club. Without and he's doubt. played a big role and come and he's come through in some some big time moments for the ball club um, when, when they need him to. So you can't just pick up Ryan O'Hearn with the way he's been playing and and take him out of this lineup. And I know Mounty for him, he was hitting the cover off the ball to start the season. And then he struggled. And then he got, you know. He was dealing with vertigo. So they send him down. He goes in AAA. He struggles for the first bit of AAA. And then he starts, all right, he's getting his groove back. He's finding himself again. And then he has a big RBI, little bloop single uh, today in the series finale against the Twins. Scores a run. That was big time. He's got the smiles back. He's smiling at the guys in the dugout. It was great to see. He hadn't played a game before with the, with the Orioles since June 8th. So it's great to see Mountie back. Him smiling, him finding his own, and slowly getting back into the lineup. But my question is, Rip, where does he fit long-term? He's a former first-round pick. He's proven that he can be one of the, the club's top hitters when he's on. But right now, with the young talent coming up, with guys kind of pushing up through the ranks, where does Ryan Mountcastle fit in the lineup going forward? It's gonna not, be a, not just this year. I'm talking about next year and years years ahead. It's going to be really interesting because, one, I still am a huge Ryan Mountcastle believer because Mountie is just the pure hit tool in itself is extremely impressive. And when and the only reason I'm saying is when you see it live and you, and you see it up close and personal, a lot of guys will tell you within the organization what he's able to do with the bat. And you saw it. Like when he is on, he can carry an offense by himself. Like his bat in the lineups felt the problem with him right now is the consistency level, specifically trying to get on base more if he's going through some tough times. And Ryan O'Hearn, you know, and where for the short term, where um Mountie could slide in more is when there's left-handed pitching. Because O'Hearn, as great as he's been this season, and he has really crushed. I mean, he's in 318 versus right-handed pitching this year, Rock. Versus lefties this year, not so well. Hidden under 130. I think right now, I don't know if it's um, updated, but he. But really, actually, let me just take a step back there because I, I read the wrong thing for it for a second. He, they don't, they're not playing him versus left-handed pitching, period. So the reason why the average is so low, I was shocked by it for a second. He had eight play appearances versus lefties going into today. On Sunday, the final day of the All-Star breaks, or the last game of the uh, before the All-Star break. So my point is, that's a spot where Ryan Mountcastle could come in. But then you're wondering, well, where does he fit in other terms? Because there's another guy knocking on the door down in AAA that is probably going to find different ways to play different positions. And he's another outfielder, but he also can play first base. If you don't know who that is right now, it's Heston Kirstad. Just played in the Futures game. I know we're going to get into those. But to your point, 
I don't know where the Orioles are going to have Mounty in, but for the short term, he's going to slide in versus lefties. Long term, you have Kershaw that just hits everybody, which makes me feel that someone's going to be the odd man out, and I just don't know where Ryan Mountcastle is with the team's long-term plan. And Heston makes it look so easy as well. So too much talent is a good problem to have for the Orioles in their farm system and on the big league club roster right now because this is a team that they couldn't find talent just a few years ago. They, they didn't know how to win ball games, And now not only are they second in the AL East, they're what? I'm not good at math. 15, 19 games above? 19 games above. Yeah, 19 good. games. Sorry. Good, I'm good like, math. That's better math yeah. than I thought. Can I no. say one more thing, yeah, though? Yeah, go ahead. So, so I want people to understand this. Ryan O'Hearn, to be honest, was not expected to do what he's done. And I can be honest, if I'm being blunt, I don't think the Orioles expected it either. Because they were looking at depth. They didn't have him, correct me if I'm wrong with this, but they didn't have him on the 40-man either. They acquired him. I think they DFA'd him. He cleared waivers, and he was outright at the AAA. So you're waiting and hoping, and he bashed his way into the bigs, and you hope that he is a guy that can be a part of it. But long-term, Ryan O'Hearn, to me, still at 29 years old, he probably isn't their long-term solution either. So that's where I don't know what they want to do, and you have a younger player in Ryan Mountcastle where you're still trying to, I guess, figure out what you want. But for the time being, you got to ride the hot hand. Ryan O'Hearn against right-handed pi- or yeah, versus right-handed pitching, he's been that guy. But I'll tell you who's not going anywhere. Heston Kirstad. I've said this for a while. That dude is coming, and he is coming soon. Yeah, just looking at O'Hearn's stats with the Royals. Played for Kansas City from 2018 to 2022. His and I know the season's not over. Still a whole second half to go. But right now, the season were to end today, his numbers average-wise, he hit. 195 in 2019 and 2020. He's hitting 302 with the O's right now. He just never hit above, he hit above 250, sorry, one time. And that was his first season, his rookie season with Kansas City in 2018. His on-base percentage is one of the best it's been. His slugging percentage is one of the best it's been. His OPS is one of the best it's been. And that's like since his first season. Since that first season, He's kind of had a roller coaster. It's, there's been there's been downs, there's been ups, but like not too many ups for him in his career. Like this is a new fresh start, and he's playing some really good baseball with the Orioles right now. So like this this is what they need. They need their guys that they've acquired. The Aaron Hicks, um, mm-hmm. getting Ryan O'Hearn, get like other guys that they acquired in trades. Frazier as well to yeah, come well, up so in the big veterans. moments and like yeah, exactly the veterans that they brought in that are probably are not going to be a part of the long term. Nope. And that's okay, but like right now, they're they're clearly trying to you know they're in win mode right now, and these guys are helping, and that's what you need—a solid mix of veterans, guys that have been there before, guys that have the experience, and, and then the young guys that have no experience that are coming up, and they're still super talented as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's they were trying to bridge the gap. Honestly, they're trying to bridge the gap between some of the young prospects and your team's winning so much, and those guys are such a big reason of why you're winning. Like people talk about, Colton Cowser coming up. Well, it's hard to move Colton Cowser up at the time when you bring in Aaron Hicks and all of a sudden Aaron Hicks is making impact play after impact play. And then Adam Frazier, even though you don't like the sign initially, he's had big moments. He's there. And so you you want to wait on your time for Jordan Westberg. And then finally it's here. 
The same thing with Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn forced the hand. The Orioles needed a bat, but I guarantee you they weren't sitting here going, well, Ryan O'Hearn's going to be our guy. But what I love about with Ryan O'Hearn, regardless of what happens, it's just such a great story for anybody out there because he had to grind his way back to prove to the Orioles, because you, you mentioned his numbers in Kansas City, not ideal, especially Kansas City. One of the worst teams, or you can make the argument they are the worst team, just as far as I know, I got to check the full standings of what's going on. But regardless, people think they are one of the worst teams in baseball. They didn't have a use for him anymore. So to see someone now, regardless of what happens with he's with the Orioles next year, Ryan O'Hearn has played himself into extending his big league career and has shown his value. And this is it's such an interesting game, but people don't understand that. You brought up a great point with the veterans. This is why it matters. You need guys to help show this young town what to do and help take pressure off them until they're ready to take over themselves. No, I agree, man. And it's Birdland. You guys are in a great place right now. It's like go get out the Camden Yards, continue to support this team in the in the second half because I mean they're they're gonna be gunning for obviously first place in the AL East, but if not, that top wildcard spot. And the O's could easily be in one of those two spots come season's end. That's the hope. Rally towels flying at Camden Yards and the O's uh, getting, getting at least one or two playoff games there, if not more. Yeah, they're hoping. I mean, that, that's the ultimate goal. But if, again, if I had told you guys this, that the team would be 19 games over 500, would you have taken it at the break? Two games out? Would you have taken that? There'd be a no-brainer. And if you put, if you say no to me, you're lying to yourself. Like Rocco, he he knows better. He's not lying to himself. He knows better than to, to do myself. that. Well, you just lie to me sometimes. I always lie to myself. Is that a deeper conversation we need to get into today? Yeah. Yeah. I'd Should be. I clear my schedule the rest of the evening? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Let's get into all-star game festivities. We saw the Futures game. We talked about that. Jackson Holiday limited playing time. He was uh, 0 for 1 with a strikeout. Obviously, that's not any, no. you know, yeah. We're, we're taking that, not even with the grain of salt. <laughs> like, that's like, it is what it is. The guy got one at bat. He struck out his baseball. It happens. You give Jackson Holiday three at bats in that game, I guarantee he goes at least, you know, one for three or two for three. Yeah. Probably with a double as well. Yeah, and, and, and if you baseball's went, top prospect for a reason. And if you went over, it doesn't change a damn thing. Heston Kerstad, I think he went one for two with a single. He made a nice catch out in right field. It was like a routine fly ball, but still, I like to call it a nice catch. Gas him up a little bit. Gas him up. It's good because he could easily be one of the next prospects called up when, when his time comes. So that that could be the next guy that gets the call. It could either it's either going to be I would. Go to say it's it's either going to be Kerstad or Grayson that gets called up next. Yeah, I mean Grayson to me is it's happening after the All Star break. Yeah, because I I think the time's coming. You're going to need your arms. Grayson is still one of your best pitching, you know, starting pitchers in your organization, and his ceiling's still there. Nothing has changed with your uh, long term outlook with him. But Kerstad's a guy where it's it's really. Not just it was a possibility, and I really thought this was going to happen anyway. But to me, it it seems there's zero chance that Kerstad is kept out of the big leagues to end this season. If this team is competing down the stretch, and I know that they're saying, well, and I even made the point about Kowser, Kerstad as a hitter to me is the best pure hitter in the organization, period. Yeah, and he's, he's very mature for where he's at in his career right now. 
Um, seeing him, it's it's kind of shades of Gunnar Henderson last season because Gunnar went to the Futures game and then he got called up, I think, a couple months later, if not weeks. I remember talking to him after, or like right before the Futures game about the experience. And he's like, I just can't wait to get up there and help this ball club win games. And hopefully it's come playoff time. Didn't happen last year, of course, but he has a chance to help this club this season, Gunnar does. So does Heston Kerstad if he gets a call up come playoff time and, and to make a deep playoff run. So it would be huge to see him get called up. Um, the number two overall pick, former number two overall pick in the draft. We remember coming out like he's number two pick for a reason. And then he had that bout with uh, myocarditis, caused him to miss the entire 2021 season, I believe. So he'd already be in the league by now, in the show by now, if if not for myocarditis and dealing with you know those heart issues at that point in time. So this is a guy that that is MLB ready right now. Heston Kerstad will be in the show by the end of the season. Unless something crazy happens, mark my words, he'll be up there. I think that's the rip and rock, like guarantee. That I is a guarantee. It's like Barkley. Can... Guarantee. Yeah. It's like that's like, I guarantee you he will be up in the show come season's end. Sign it, deliver it. You heard it here. We've been saying this actually for a while, but we are making the vow right here. We're gonna clip this. Kerstad, Baltimore. We're both I, agreeing for once. I think Elias is also being cautious with He's seeing, like, obviously the team's winning games with this lineup right now, and he knows it's not the long-term lineup going yep. forward. But he doesn't want, like, if Kerstad gets brought up, however many games he plays, he they're being cautious of, okay, like, we don't want him to play so many games so it, it ruins his rookie season. Like, they, they don't want to do that to these guys, and they also want to make sure if they're bringing them up, some some will be, what is it, eligible for the, um, for, for, for playoffs come season's end. And if not, you know, you got to bring them up at a certain time. I remember that happened last season. Yeah. Pl- playoffs. And there's the whole, the rookie, um, how many bats you can have when yeah. getting caught up for rookie eligibility There's all these types of things. But again, I just think you're to the exact point that you just made. I think it's a great point. When the team's gelling, you don't want to change too much, but Kirsch adds a guy that really could just be that the, is the Fox in the hole, the right term. I don't know. Fire in the hole. Okay, let's put it this way: the wrong guy. X factor, yeah, terrible. <laughs> you are not, you are not helping me out. X factor. Heston Kerstag is this X factor for the Orioles that really the rest of Major League Baseball does not know what they're going to end up dealing with. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So you got Austin Hayes is the O's lone All-Star Game starter. Awesome. And he deserves it. Absolutely. He deserves it. Career season. Been the best offensive player on the team by far. He's having a phenomenal season. Doing it without batting gloves. Respect to that, too. Still that's tough to do, man. That is tough to do. Like, that's like, not many guys do that or, or are brave enough to do that, but he's doing it without batting gloves, so he's doing it the old school way. Um, Adley, Austin Hayes, Felix Bautista, Yannier Cano, they're all going to the All-Star game, representing the O's in Seattle. So they'll play in the Midsummer Classic on Tuesday. Before that gets underway, Monday night is a big one. And I'll say this, man. I always used to look forward to the Home Run Derby more than I did the All-Star Game. No doubt. The All-Star Game, different for you, I'm sure, growing up in a baseball family and with your with your dad playing in so many of these games, getting to watch him. But for me, it's I didn't look forward to the All-Star Game as much as I looked forward to the Home Run Derby. Because as a kid, in your backyard, you were just like, with me, my brother and I, all the time, wiffle ball and bat, just that was the game. It was like 10 pitches, home run derby. Or you set up the bases in the yard, you're always trying to hit it over the fence. We're not going for singles. We're not going for doubles. We're not going for triples. We're going for homers every single time. I had the Mark McGuire bat growing up. I had the uh, the junk ball growing up. I, I don't know if any of you out there remember that, but it was like the black bat with the red stripe. And with the junk ball, you could like you could change the, um, it was like there were holes in the wiffle ball, but you could close the holes if you wanted to throw a fastball and you could open them up if you wanted to throw like off speed, like a curve ball, a slider, change up or something like that. But if you close the, if you close the ball up, the ball will go further if, if you hit it. So I used to hit tanks. I was never a power hitter, but in the backyard, I was Mark McGuire. Like Just I was, I was bombs. hitting bombs, man. Yeah. But that's what you always look forward to, the home run derby. When you got together with your friends, it's like, we're going to, you know, home run derby. All right. That's so not to cut flip, you flip off the hat then. backwards. So what is one of your, it sounds like I know what your, one of your home run derby moments that you, so one of them backward hat, backwards hat, who do we think of? It's Griffey. Right? It's the kid. Yeah. Like that one was incredible. And what, what do you do? I mean, I should, I should know this. But what, what did he do? <laughs> no, but you do know he, this. I should know that. I do know this, but what, is he the first one? He's the only person. He's the only person. Nobody's done it in game. That's right. No, I knew Hit that. Hit the warehouse in the air. No, yeah. That I know of. Yeah. That, unless I'm missing something, and I could be, but I think Griffey Jr. is the only person ever, unless you know someone snuck into Camden Yards and hit something <laughs> without the cameras on, but he's the only person to hit the warehouse, fly ball in the air, um, not, not off the bounce, because pretty sure there's been a few people to Close. do it off the bounce. Mm-hmm. But nobody, and yeah, people have gotten close, but never, never in the to, air. Never in the air. Was, You're right. Yeah, I had a brain fart. That. That's 100% right. It's only been Griffey. So there's that one. I mean, the home run derbies, you're right. It's, it's just like those kids' moments. Like that's what it used to be. And for ones that remember it, you know, it was just 10 outs, by the way, back then. And batters had to be so patient. And then that was the incredible thing is that guys would just go on these heaters of just hitting some over and over and over again. I remember Josh Hamilton the last year in New I York. That one. 
And then he didn't end up winning the home run derby, but no one remembers that he didn't really win it. I think uh, Justin Morneau won it, but Josh Hamilton hit one out of Yankee Stadium. Dude, That yeah, that was freaking awesome. I remember Miguel Tejada hit, was hitting tanks over the train tracks oh, in Minute Maid when he won it back in 2004. That was awesome. And was he the last Oriole to win it? That was electric. I think so. He was. Yeah. He was the last Oriole to win it. Um, at, you know, I'm going to quiz you. Do you know how many Orioles have won it? How many at the time when they were Orioles have won it? Is it two? Do you know who the second would be? Yeah, I do. And unfortunately, I mean, if I didn't know that, it was 91 in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. It was. So, because, you know. You weren't even born yet. Yeah, I wasn't, but it's ingrained in my mind. <laughs> um, don't you forget it. But but that, those are the things. It's just the all-star festivities, really. It's those moments where you bring it up. I'd say probably a recent one in the last, you know, five to seven years when Stanton was in there mashing balls, thought that was just a really cool experience just because he's a massive human being in the ball, like 180 miles an hour. Pete, I'll tell you this, Pete Alonzo makes it fun. He does make it and fun. And he's back in it. Yeah. So he's won it twice and he's going for his third, not his three Pete because Juan Soto screwed that up for him mm. winning last year. But Pete Alonzo could, could uh, very well win number three, but, but, not if Adley Rutschman has something to say about it. He's looking to become the third Oriole to win the home run derby, and his pops is pitching to him. You can't beat that, man. No, and it, this is a ballpark. He's he's a West Coast kid. He's from that, you know, what is it, the Pacific Northwest area, mm -hmm. you call it? Yep. Uh, he he grew up going to, you know, going to those games at that stadium. I don't, is it still, uh, it's not Petco Park anymore, though, right? It was, uh, it was no, Petco, correct? No, Safeco. No, no, no. Sa yeah, Safeco. Safeco. It's Safeco. not Safeco anymore. Yeah, it's T-Mobile now. It's T-Mobile. Petco is um is San Diego. That is correct. That is correct. Spanish, Spanish Armada. Armada. Oh my God. <laughs> wow, we, we, are, we are becoming more <laughs> friends. We, we're, I never we did. We're going to just have that. a bunch of movie quotes. <laughs> like I, we're both huge movie people, I and just like blurt the, them out, and just the the stupid movie. I quotes just blurt too. them out. But checking out the bracket, Adley Rutschman looks to become the dark horse. Not a lot of respect here for him because he's got what, like 13 home runs on the year now? Mm -hmm. I think he's he hit his 13th today. You know what? Correct look, me if I'm wrong. And he, I think, in, as he's far got as the one I, seed, man. Well, and or he's, I, yeah, I'm saying, sorry, go ahead. Adley, though, odds wise, I mean, he's dead last in odds. That's what I'm saying. He's he's got the one seed, as in he's facing off against the one seed, and that's Luis Robert Jr. Uh, and that dude, 2019, the Frederick Keys, I was in high A with the Keys. Faced the Winston-Salem Dash, and that's where Luis Robert Jr. was. And he went deep twice on opening night, and then he went deep two more times in the series. I We faced him in eight games, and I'm pretty sure he hit seven bombs. And so that dude's got juice, but to your point, I also seen Adley in person. When Adley gets going, the dude's got serious pop. He might not have all the home runs, but at four, plus 1,400 odds, if you're into that type of thing, sprinkling it on, for a little Orioles magic? I might take it, man. Pops is pitching to him. He already confirmed that he's hitting lefty. I think Adley could give Robert a run for his money there, and that's not Homer talk. That is me saying, like, I think Adley could actually do it. Well, how far did he hit the one today? 461 feet or something like it that? It was a monster. So Adley, I've seen him get in routine, and no one knows their son better than, than Pops. Adley's so got 12 on the year. I gave him an extra one maybe previewing for the uh, home run derby. Let's I just give him 30, you know? Why not? Yeah.
Why not? But I'm excited for it. it should be a, a great uh, event. I think they've progressed the the home run derby well, and there's a lot of great names. Like I love seeing Vlad Guerrero Jr., J Rod, Julio Rodriguez puts on a great show. Rosarina, Mookie Betts, like uh, uh, Adolis Garcia, that no one talks about, is having a great year. Like it's a really good group of of players competing this year. Yeah the the bracket is Robert and Rutschman. They face off. That's Adley's the eight seed. He's the you know the lowest seed in the in the competition. Robert's the one. Garcia, Adolis Garcia against Randy Rosarena. That's a four or five matchup. Those two winners will face off in the next round. Then you have on the other side of the bracket, Mookie Betts taking on Vlad Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonso taking on Julio Rodriguez. So those winners will face off. And then you go on to the finals, the winners of those next two rounds. So it'll be interesting to see, man. But it's it's really cool. Good for these guys. It's always fun seeing, you know, you'll see Felix Bautista, you'll probably see Hayes. Cano, um, all supporting Adley with the O's threads on. Like, I always love that when it was like when Big Poppy was performing, all his teammates, you know, they rallied around and they always had the towels. They, they, you know, they were, they were putting them on him, trying to like dry him off when he was, when he was sweat. Like that's, that's the cool stuff and them getting hyped for, for their guys. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Much needed break. This is good for the guys. And uh, hopefully they get to enjoy it, and maybe maybe they're coming back with a uh, with an American League win and an Adley Rutschman home run derby win. Well, that'd be great. I mean, I think I, how I always look back on it, it's obviously the accolade for the player to be there, especially for how, how hard you've worked. And so for the Orioles, especially Hayes starting now, is a really great moment. And then obviously we know having Adley and Cano and Batista, like that's a moment they're not going to forget. But also for their families, like it really is. And the only reason I'm saying that is because growing up, as much you brought up, my dad made a few All Star games, 19 to Just be a exact. Few. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but I wasn't alive, obviously, for all those. But that last one, specifically in Seattle, you know that that's one of the most memorable ones for me. Not just because it was my dad's last game or All Star game, it was because of the family uh, feel. I got to be on the field for the home run derby. I got to. Be with my family and experience something like, wow, this is so cool. You're around um, some other great players. And then it's just something that is going to mean so much on such a deeper level to so many of of the family members. So that's what makes it great. Unfortunately, the game itself, you know, whoever wins, it really, you just hope everyone gets healthy. Like that's the thing with these all-star games. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a great concept and you want to celebrate it. Yeah. But the bigger thing is, is that the players that got there can really get the spotlight. Exactly, it's good for them. And you, you said earlier, you think, which I still don't believe you. You said you called his uh, home run in the final All Star game too. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You predicted it. I a thousand percent called the home run before Chanho Park just grooved one right down the middle. What'd you, what'd you say? What'd you? I what just said you? he's gonna hit a home run. He's going deep here. Dad's gonna go deep. That's what I said. That's that's sick. Whammy, and then he that's, did. That's Do cool, I get man. any credit? No. Um, you just patted yourself on the back here, though, so you know it's kind of credit because it's our podcast. I can say what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. No, but that's that's awesome. Good for them getting to enjoy it, and uh, everyone who gets to take in the All Star Game. O's fans, if you're going, plan on going, or did go. If you're listening to this later in the week, let us know. Send us pictures. Share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you for sure. Tweet us at Rocco DeSangro and at Ryan Ripkin. I will put my name first every single time. I bring that up because uh, I'm first in my own mind and you're second. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not according to the name on the podcast. <laughs> yes, that is true. Whammy. That is true. Yeah, there we go. We needed, we needed to, you know, 
we needed to gain a following, so we had to put your name first. No one knows who I am. No one cares about me. Well, t- if we're just going by alphabetical, yeah. rip our eyes in front of R-O. If we're, if we're going to take it by the book here. Yeah, but you're... And that's first just name, the your way. first name is R-Y, and my first name's R-O. So it's not fair. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Whatever. Yeah, well, I don't like that cookie. Yeah, it's a great cookie. <laughs> All but, right, so where are we going we're on the, While we're on the topic of All-Star Games, we're talking about the future. As a guy that played in it, Jackson Holiday, he began the season, when he got promoted to high A for Aberdeen, he began the season with Delmarva in A-ball. Then he goes up to Aberdeen. During his press conference in Aberdeen, he said that his goal entering the season was to get to double A. Well, Jackson Holiday, congratulations, because according to Steve Molesky of Masson, you're headed to Bowie. And that's big. And that's something we talked about on last week's episode. Jackson Holiday, if he does finish the season or get to Bowie, what do we say before the All-Star break? There's a chance that he's up in the bigs before the end of next season, and he's making his MLB debut. And he is on an upwards trajectory. He's on the right path, and his rise continues to be just meteoric. It's awesome to see. It's a top prospect in baseball for a reason. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to pull the clip. We didn't do that last week, but we talked about this earlier on going into spring training. Uh, He's excelled at every level, and that's the part now. Double A for me was the first test personally when I talk to other guys too, it's like, okay, well, a lot of guys know what they're doing more. How do you handle that level? I think he's going to handle it just fine. But if he goes and and does what he's done this year, 2024 is a realistic possibility for him. And you just love what he's been showing his makeup. And that's the thing. He could have gone 0 for 5 with 5Ks if he had that many at-bats in the the Futures All-Star game. He's already made the impression on everyone that if they had a choice, if they could do it all over again, or even just think who they want in the future, they made the consensus. They think that Jackson Holiday is that guy that you want on your team. Oh, he definitely is, without a doubt. I mean, he's been hitting this season over the course of those three stops. Delmarva, Aberdeen, well, two stops, I'll say, because Bowie's going to be the third. But right now he's hitting 331, seven home runs, 86 hits, 51 RBIs, 20 stolen bases. The kid can do it all. And he's still a kid. Like oh yeah, he just turned what nineteen years old, turning yep. twenty in December on December fourth. We talked about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, nineteen years old and he's doing this. Yeah, but then with how great Jackson Holiday's been playing, we talked about him a lot. Don't forget about another guy, Kobe Mayo, going up. Brock. Yeah, Kobe Mayo. You spoke with him on your on your podcast off script with Rip. Correct. That is right. Yes. That that is correct. Morgan Morgan Adsit spoke with Mayo. It's funny because we talked about it. I was like, Morgan spoke with him a couple days ago, and it's going to air tonight, yep. Sunday night on our. Uh, well, I guess last night we're talking in past tense right now, but she she was talking to him because she's like, this is going to happen soon, and he gets bumped up, and now like a, a lot of that stuff kind of gets dated because you talk to someone about what if this and that, and then like she didn't know he was going to get called up today. I didn't know he was going to get called up today. He might not have known he was going to get called up today, but that's, that's you know, TV for you. That's what happens. But Kobe Mayo is the O's uh, seventh ranked prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. And he's a dude that they could just hit and hit for power. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's 21 years old. We're talking about a youth movement. So 21 years old being in double a or in triple A now, hit 17 homers 
down in Boo Town in Bowie. And sorry, I, I call Bowie Boo Town um, for those that don't know. So yeah, yes, don't do, Bowie Bay don't, sucks. Don't, don't don't do that. Yeah, I will. But no, Boots Boo Town. I love I love my time in Bowie in Boo Town. Anyway, tremendous the thing for him of all their hitting prospects, he has a uh, upside that we really don't know what the ceiling can be. That's how that's what Kobe is showing right now. But so the Orioles are seeing a lot of these young bats continuing to move up, and it's a good thing. Kobe, it's going to be interesting because I'm still trying to figure out where I, this. I don't know exactly where they're thinking for him long term, but I will tell you this: they love the guy. They absolutely love him. I think that's a guy for them. We talk about untouchable players like Jackson Holiday being one. I think Heston Kerstad as well. I would put. Kobe Mayo right in that list. I don't think he's going anywhere. They are enamored by what the kid can do. Hitting 307 with a 1.027 OPS. He's got the numbers. He's got the stats. He's got the size, and he's definitely got the power. 17 home runs through 78 games is the big one. That's what you look at. That sticks out on paper. So I remember when he went to Bowie, we went down because when players get called up since Bowie is so close. Obviously, Norfolk would be a bit of a haul from here. I don't know how many hours is it from from Baltimore? Like they say it's three hours, three and a half, or like just under four, I should say. Do not believe that. Yeah. Bowie's what Do like not believe 30, that. 45 minutes like to get yes. down there. Yeah, like less less than an hour without traffic. So we went down there when him, it was him, Norby, and Colton Kowser got called up at the same time. And I remember when that happened because we, we got to interview all three of these guys and listening to Mayo, he wanted to be up here as soon as possible. So to be up in AAA right now, that, that goal is is so attainable um, in the next year if he keeps hitting the ball the way he is. This is going to be a, a very young, talented team going forward when it's all said and done. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, too, and it's a whole other discussion we can talk about in the second half, but there's a reason why you got to let players develop and see what you have and i know oriole fans wanted to say oh we need to push to get guys this past off season not so fast because you still have to see who is a guy that you think is going to be your long-term answer and the orioles had a lot of those guys on that list i think we're going to start to see that you know answered sooner rather than later here but but make no mistake i mean these orioles young prospects and i think Mo- mayo and holiday are two guys that the orioles are going to have for the long term so they both get promoted according to reports. Let's jump into Rip's tips while we're uh, while we're chilling right here. What do you got for us? Yeah, today? since we're chilling here, Rip's tips. It's really just about when things aren't going well. How do you respond? And, and really, this is something that can be in, in your personal life. This can be about any team that you like to root for. So, no, so personally, I'll start there. You know, it's easy to go and do something when things are going well. You know, how many times is it easy to go about your business, go about your life when it just feels like everything is going your way? You just go through the motions and you're enjoying every moment of it. But when things go wrong and you got to try to work yourself out of it and it might seem that there's a stress, there's this anger, there's this frustration, what do you do? How do you handle it? Because those moments tell you more about yourself than when you're having all the success because it's when you struggle so much, how do you get out of it? That's what's going to dictate how you're going to get on with, you know, the rest of your life or how you get get by your issues in life. So now moving into sports, case in point here, the Baltimore Orioles, since this is about the Baltimore Orioles, last week, everyone thinking this team's falling apart. They finally hit a rough stretch. 
and they had a rough homestand, but keep in mind, you're still playing some solid teams, by the way. But everyone thought this offense was just falling apart. They weren't producing. They hit that rut. Do we need to make moves? Well, here's the thing. The Orioles go to New York, lose two in a row, and that was a big moment for them. They biggest at moment of adversity, and all they decided was, we're not going to let that define us. How can we get out of it as quick as possible? And how do they do that? They pick themselves up, and, and then you see what they've done. They went five in a row. And the Orioles' struggles tell you a lot more about what they're doing or about their character of this team. That's why I think this ball club is going to go very far this year. It's because stuff like that. And you can look around Major League Baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Other teams are struggling. The other better teams besides the Atlanta Braves, who are just the, the juggernaut right now, the Rays struggled. The Rangers were getting beat up by the Nationals. Other really top teams were having a tough go. It's in those moments you're going to find out about your team. The Orioles had that moment and then passed that test with flying colors. That is something that Oriole fans should be proud of. And in your own personal life, continue to work through it because you will find when you get through it, you'll be proud of yourself too. That's what I got. The two hottest teams in baseball right now, Rip, as far as winning streaks go, come from the AL East. You have the Red Sox on a five-game win streak. They're eight and two over their last 10. And then you have the Orioles on a five-game win streak, six and four over their last 10. There's no other team in the American League that even comes close to that. There's no other team in the American League right now, while I'm looking at the standings, that has won two straight right now as we're recording this podcast. Then you go to the National League. It's the Dodgers on a four-game win streak. The Braves just lost the Rays. They are eight and two over their last ten. That's what we're talking about. You want to get to the mailbag yeah, for the first let's time? Get, let's get a little bit this of a mailbag. This is something. Yeah, we're up. Uh, first week we're doing this. You put it out there. Didn't tag me. Shout yep. out to you. You Shout put my name in me. there, but you know, forgot to hit the tag button. I guess I'll forgive you for that. But uh, we want to get to your questions. What do we want to start with? You let's, got them in front of you. Yeah, let's start with a. a let's start with a simple one where I think it's it's this is just for unrealistic. You, we'll we'll throw this out here. Unrealistic, realistic. You're gonna give me an answer here, Rock. I call the shots now, okay? Okay. We got a question. What are the chances the O's could shock everyone and trade for Otani? Uh, I think I have a better chance of winning the lottery twice in the same day. And I'm not trying to like knock the question, but that's, that's how unrealistic it is right now. The Orioles are a team that doesn't spend money. So in getting Otani, They'd have to then pay Otani this massive contract. And this is a team that has one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. I just don't see that happening. I think the Otani to the Orioles. Now, if it does, and I look like an idiot, I will gladly wear that dunce cap and wear it proudly. Because that would be an awesome day in Baltimore sports history, a memorable one. And getting Shohei Otani would be life-changing, life-altering, not only for the sports scene, but for the city as a whole. You know how much revenue that would generate having Shohei Otani in your city? You know how many times Camden Yards would be sold out? I don't see it happening, though. Yeah, no, at it's, all. it's a negative chance. Yes, it, yes. it means it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, because the other thing, too, would be a rental. He's going to cost too much, and he's going to go somewhere else after yeah. this next year. He has no aspirations, in my mind, to sign long-term in Baltimore, and you got to deal with Adley and Gunner, guys that you want to keep in Baltimore. It, I think that answers that one pretty Swiftly, it, yeah. we talked about when we think Heston Kerstad debuts. Do we want to put a date on that? Do we want to put a date on that? I don't know if 
we necessarily want to put a date on that, but I do think it's coming soon. I really do. For the sake of this game, I'll put a date on it. I'm saying okay. I'm saying by September 1st or the last week of August. I was going to say September. August, September, he'll be up. But I didn't really want to put a date on it. I don't, I don't feel confident in putting a date on it. But I do believe that he'll be up by the end of the season for sure. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, this is something it's kind of it's basing who's in, answer, who's asking these questions too by the way I, I yeah I need to I need to put in let's shout them out shout them out so sorry last question uh by my gut says seven that was about Heston Kerstad <laughs> Btar eight asked about the chances of Otani which he also didn't expect but anything's possible right so okay. I appreciate that yep. um <laughs> this was something we talked about earlier and this is from uh, own the chaos, Brad Smith, who I'm doing stuff on YouTube with. Why the hell would you ask to review a call on the last out of a game when you're losing 15 to two? We're talking about today, Rocco Baldelli. I, I challenge the play. I would say this, and you know, some might take it as a knock. If if we're gonna preach play to the final out as a manager, if I feel like my guy's safe, I'm gonna challenge it. I'm gonna be that guy. It's like it's like calling a timeout to drop a play in basketball when you're down 30 just because you want your guys to get experience. And I know many will say, okay, it's a team sport, but for individuals, the money they make depends on sometimes how many hits they get, how many home runs they hit, how many times they walk. So these incentives could play a factor into that too. And if I'm a manager and I believe my guy's safe, you know, like I'm, I'm definitely going to challenge that. You know, say what you want about Rocco Baldelli for that great name, by the way, you know. Whatever. Yeah, the Rocco's got to stick together. It's one of our, one of the few Rocco's that uh that I know of. So it's it's nice and and the CCO spelling. So great yeah. stuff. But I I would do that. Call me what you want. But for the player, I, I would I would do that for sure. And and you know you may think, all right, let's get these guys out of here. Down fifteen to two. Like this is a joke. And like take it some type of way. I don't think he was doing it by like that by any means. As a player, if if your manager's doing that for your players trying to get his guy a hit and hundred yeah. percent, and I'll tell you what, if that hitter was really struggling, I'd have to look up the number specifically. And I've been in those situations where you feel like you're one for twenty or just things aren't going well, maybe one for thirty, maybe oh for thirty, and one little hit there can just change your mind. Yeah, it stinks. You want to get out of there. But I'll tell you what, that one hitter and everyone, that could be the changing of the guard. So I think we're on the same page there. It wasn't he wasn't trying to do it to be a jerk. Yeah, he was. It wasn't trying to be petty. It's really if, if you're in that shoes and those things matter. Like I'm telling you, I had I had a chopper that they called me. They called an error on it, and I should have been safe. Mm. And then the the play got overturned, and I was waiting for that, and it gave me two hits in the game as my first multi hit game, and it felt like six weeks. Yeah. And then I had six straight games of multi-hit games. Like that moment changed my perspective. So right. Rocco's just trying to protect his guys. All right, moving into another. Not me, Rocco Baldelli. Yeah. I am too, though. Yeah, not you. So this is a conversation we're going to um, uh, put it all together. This is from One Star O Birds and from um, Boom Boom Birdland. Two things. Because they're talking about two pitchers, Giolito and Lang um, for one pitcher for the Tigers, one pitcher for the White Sox. Yep. So I'm just going to put this question in together because they're talking about Giolito Lang. Do the Orioles, what would it, what would need to be done, you think, to get a player like that? And do you think the Orioles would go after a player like that in a, a AL Central right now that's just a mess? 
What was that question though? It was so Lane, so Giolito would would Giolito be available, and what yep. would you give up for him? And then the same question for Alex Lange with um, Lang Lange. I'm sorry for the pronunciation uh, for the Detroit Tigers. What would I give up for them? I would. The O's need a big name, big time starting pitcher, and that's you know, there's no doubt about it. And we don't know what's going to happen with John Means. We don't know if there's going to be another setback. I would give up right now. Take a look at the prospects to get one of those two guys. If if you if the O's are serious about going after a pitcher, going after one of those two guys, you might have to package together some prospects. You might have to throw some big league guys in there too. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And it's that's where you factor in. I'm not saying trade Mount Castle, but to get a starting pitcher of that caliber, you might have to throw in a Mountie. You might have to throw in a big name, a big name guy that's not one of your young guys, but is not probably not going to be a part of this ball club in the next five years. So that was the other part. So it even takes it another step further because Steve asked, I'm sorry, Steve, you have a few questions. We're only going to get to the one here. But this is about, he was saying, you know, Justin Verlander, Houston Astros, Max Scherzer with the Nationals when they won, big aces. When is the right time to package up some prospects and which name would you say yes for? Because the other part is if you're packaging up these prospects and you want that top end guy, you're going to have to give up one of your big your 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 big guns in the system. Yeah, I I would package if they're going to do it, probably should package whatever you can. Like to get a Justin Verlander, you're talking. He's talking about going for one, after one for of those one guys. year. Would you for one year? Would you sacrifice a top player? Would you sacrifice an untouchable prospect? See, I, I for Stuff. Verlander, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure because you're getting you're getting a guy that that has you know still proven he's at the top of baseball. He just won the Cy Young last season, but he's 40 years old and he's got a big salary. He's 40 years old with a big salary, and are the O's going to take you know? Are they going to take that on? Right. Do they want to take that on? I don't know about those two names, Verlander or Scherzer. Maybe if we're talking like five, six years ago, I might give you a different answer. Mm-hmm. Right now, probably not. Yeah. The only thing I'll say with this to add, just add on, and I know we'll move on. I'm sorry for all the questions that we may or may not have gotten to because there's actually one. Yeah, we, there's, there's well, we have lot. one question but we'll answer really quickly because it's important um, to my heart. Um, the, the thing that people have to realize, I don't know if a full ace that people want is going to be available. And I think that is the big thing. Like everyone always mm-hmm. thought Corbin birds for the brewers, the brewers are in the hunt and they, and they are, you don't want to trade your top guy. So you got to keep that in mind. These teams, that's why the, the centrals are going to be the teams to watch because the AL and NL overall for those other teams that are struggling, they've been disappointments. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them. So that would be the teams I would watch and keep an eye on. But again, right then and there, is there someone that's a full ace to be determined? You have to make the call on that. Last one really quick then, Rock. Boneless boneless wings. Bone in or bone out? Bone in. Traditional. And that's, and that's from Joe. Boneless wings are not wings. I'm sorry. Oh. Boneless wings are not wings. They are, quote unquote, saucy nugs. Okay. They're, we- not, they're, not, they're just not wings. We're gonna have to. I I cannot eat chicken nuggets with sauce on them and call them chicken wings. I'm sorry. Okay, so I stand by that. You know what we're gonna do next time because we're gonna talk about one of our favorite places to eat wings next time. But that does it for the mailbag here. And by the way, Eddie, 
let's say a Don and a Greyhound get into a fight who wins. We know the answer to that. It's a Greyhound. It's not a Calvert Hall Cardinal. Go Hounds. That's my school. Sorry, little vent. I'm done. We got we got one last one. Lisa, what would your picks for the home run derby be? Um, well, where I, was I didn't see that on here. She responded to me and she oh. tagged me, but she didn't tag you because you know what? She probably was like, Ryan didn't tag Rocco, so I'm not going to tag Ryan. That's so thank you, right. Lisa. And this is who would the picks for the home run derby be? You know what? I'm just going to go out on a homer pick and I'm going to pick Adley. I'm just going to pick Adley just to make Birdland happy. I'm going to pick Adley. And she said, Ash's question if you had one wish, what would it be? Um, I don't, that's, that's such a tough one for Ash. You know what? I wish that Ryan would stop being mean to me on this podcast wow. week in and week out. There wow. you go. Uh, so two parts for me, I will take one Adley to win. And if not, I just feel, I would love to see if it's not Adley, I want to see Julio Rodriguez win it in, in Seattle. That would be the other one. If it's not the case. And as far as the wish, honestly, I just wish that I could eat wings right now and prove to Rocco that a good boneless wing is just as good as a bone in wing. Is that okay? That's not the right answer. Well, it is the right answer. There's a lot of questions. I'm sorry we didn't get to all of them. Rocco's filming me. Listen to this. It's coming out soon. Um, and you guys will get what we're talking about here. Oh, I think we that does it for the mailbag. But Ash, appreciate the question. Yes, Lisa, thank you. Guys thank for the you. All right, sorry. La last thing we got quick before we got to go. Um, I have to cut some things and get the you know get the draft stuff. Yeah, right your job's still tonight. going on. Uh, yeah, my job is still going on despite recording this podcast. Can the team sustain success going forward? What do they need the most? I think they can. The baseball they're playing right now, but what they're going to need guys to do, starting pitching is. Not going to be an issue, but it sh it's going to be a point of emphasis. And the Orioles should definitely be buyers at the trade deadline. Maybe get a starting pitcher, a big name, a big name that you can potentially get for cheap or on a discount or maybe a rental for this season and see if they could take you far. Add it in to an already a pretty solid staff, but I'm not going to lie to you. This, this pitching staff doesn't wow me. And... It's not a knock on any of the guys. They're they're you know they're pitching well and consistent, but I don't when when these guys go out and pitch, I don't sit there and say like wow the Orioles got you know they have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball because it's it's just not the case. They don't they don't have, they don't have the household names. They don't have the household names. And that's names. the thing for people to look at. So guys that have pitched really well, Kip, Gibson was great today. Tyler yeah. Wells has been should have been an all star. He's been great this year. Down the stretch though, guys like Tyler Wells, guys like Grayson Rodriguez are. Um, there, there's any limits talks yes. coming up. So that's another part that's coming up is John Means going to be fully healthy. If he is, yep. great. But those are things to consider. Pitching is definitely the need because you're seeing it. Why are the Twins, even though they're struggling so much offensively, why have they been in the hunt besides today's getting mashed by the team? They've had one of the top pitching staffs in the league. That's I, what's going to keep you yes. alive in October. I do think with the bats right now, with the prospects being called up, with these guys moving up the minor league ranks, Michael Elias has a plan. And I do think that they can sustain the success. Maybe not a World Series or a deep playoff run this season. I hope I'm wrong I hope because so I would love to see it. But I do believe this team will be playing playoff baseball. And right now, I'm, you know, I'm going to go as far to say this. I think they have what it takes to win the AL East. I think the, the Rays over the past couple of years have, have had their shot. They've done what they've done. 
They've gotten to the big game. They've gotten to the World Series. They've had their they've had their window. Right now, these next like five or so years going forward, it's the Orioles' time to shine. Well, and I'm with you that this team can go as if they continue to do what they've done, and they will be earned. The Orioles have the hardest strength of schedule down the stretch, and this rest of the month they have the Marlins, Dodgers, Rays, Phillies, Yanks, Blue Jays. In that order to close out, all teams with winning records, all teams that have aspirations to be just where the Orioles are and go into the playoffs. So if the Orioles can continue to prove against those tough teams, the sky's the limit for what this team can do in the second half. It absolutely is, man. That's a wrap for episode 10 of Rip and Rock. We hope you guys appreciated it. Um, tune in next week. Ryan will be sure to tag me in the mailbag next week when he puts that out. I might. Um, I, so I won't feel as, as offended as I do right now because that really hurt my heart. But it is what it is. But continue to tweet us your questions, your thoughts, what you guys think of the podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon. I think I'm leaving some out. Wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, let us know what you thought, what you think of this. Um, download it, subscribe, share a rating. We do appreciate your guys' feedback. Thank you so much. That's a wrap on episode 10. We'll see you next Monday. Thank you.